still remember, I still remember like yesterday, I still remember like yesterday walking out of this suspicion I have. The look, the look, the look and the feeling I had. Looking at Tyson, looking at Stokes, looking at those guys. You know what guys? This is our fucking year. This is our fucking year. We're doing the how we play. It's zero to fucking zero and you make them never want to play again. All that shit they're talking, I love it, Jamar. You didn't say shit. You don't say shit to them. You just laugh and point at the scoreboard. Let me get a picture, JD, pointing at the fucking scoreboard. Don't say shit to their undisciplined ass. Because we are. We are disciplined, and I am still going to take the fucking shit out of them. Physically, physically, I want to break them. I'm talking about fucking break these bitches on defense and offense. Let's go. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode. College Football Uncensored. Chris, what are you doing? What is that? Is that a Florida cup? Just drinking out of my, my 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 glass for the weekend. Heading on down to Jacksonville. Oh, that's right. Yeah, we'll have to, we'll have to hear a little bit about that. Uh, we have uh, a guest tonight. Our man, producer Dan. What's up, buddy? How we doing, guys? Doing great. Huh. No? No? Been a, been a bad week. Oh, God. Lost to, that fucking TV it. show. Um, oh boy, that was tough. That was your fault. No, 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 no. Let, let let him get it out. Let him get it out. Um, yeah. Let me let me air some grievances real quick. Just that like, was my fault like that high... you lost the TV shows. No, it was absolutely yeah. my fault. Absolutely oh, my fault. Okay. Um, I learned the lesson though. Look, I took it down. Uh, yeah. So I mean, thank Willie Gray's the only one in here, but um, I need to get this off my chest. So basically. Uh, last week when we were recording the tv show we do every week um i forgot to take down my sign in the back that says the f word in hindsight there's really no reason to have that um it just (laughs) says the f word and it aired and a white woman with three names um just i mean born at like a fucking vineyard vines or or vera wang she complained to the president of fox and uh, said that basically it was like, they, luckily I didn't have any children around me. I had to explain them what that meant. And she was very offended by the ATL ho. I got in trouble for, um, for what do you call it? Derogatory t- uh, comments to women. Hmm. That's tough. Tough look. Thanks, man. That's, I was hoping you'd respond that way. Um, so, yeah, then the show just got taken off air. Oh, well. Like the whole show's gone now? It's gone. Oh, so everyone else is out of the job as well. Yep. Okay. Oh, awful. The cool part was um, like an hour into that whole uh, issue, that woman realized that she was good friends with the producer's wife and didn't know that. So she uh, walked back her comments um, but it was too late since she had written a fucking email to Motlick and Associates and the president of Fox. So, well, I, as positive of a start to this, to the uh, pod as this has been tonight. Anything else uh, this week that you know? No, Bama's off. We got we got LSU next week. I think we might lose. Other than that, I'm doing doing well. Oof. We'll, have to, we'll get there when we can. Uh, there's some really good games on the slate this week, though. What's what's your so favorite good. game? Because I feel like in name you would think it would be Kentucky-Tennessee, but I kind of feel like that might be a blowout. I would say in name that would never be my favorite game because that is not usually a great game. 
Um, well, the rankings, I guess you could say. Yeah, I keep forgetting Kentucky's ranked. Uh, oh, also, real quick, side note. Remember a couple weeks ago when I got into it with those Kentucky fans? About Kentucky not- being not that good? Yeah. Yeah. So one of them reached out to me and apologized after they lost and was like, I shouldn't have been that personal. You know, like, you know, I, it was it was uncalled for. I want to send you a bottle of, of liquor. I was like, oh, thanks, man. So I, I he's like a regular listener on Michael Bratton's pod. So I, I called Mike and he's like, do not give that guy your home address. <laughs> Absolutely don't. So I gave him one of our listeners addresses because he's about to move. So he gets the package today, says he sends me two bottles of liquor and like a, and something else. He opens it up. There's fucking sawdust everywhere. It's it's just <laughs> filled with sawdust. And he packed two empty bottles, an empty 20-ounce Coke and an empty Buffalo Trace bottle. Cool. <laughs> Unbelievable. What a what a guy. Tennessee by a million. Um, anyway, I thought it was funny. I, that there's like a probably eight to ten really good games on this weekend. I agree with from that. a gambling standpoint. Yeah. What, no, I, Dan, what's, no, your favorite, what's your favorite uh, game on the board? As far as I got it, maybe not. Uh, so, favorite game to gamble this weekend, and then favorite game to just watch, like good game. Uh, gamble, you know, I, I think that, and I said it on uh, uh, my pod uh, with Six Day the Fan and Chuck Oliver Show, the Southern Beat. Please like, subscribe, do all those ple- uh, things, please. But, um, I said that my lock is absolutely Ohio State, Penn State. Like, I know that there was Ooh. that guy up in Jersey that uh, bet uh, money line on Penn State. He just threw away 10 grand, dude, because Penn State is awful offensively. Um, Sean Clifford, no Sean Clifford. It doesn't matter. They're not good. And Ohio State's elite, both running and throwing the ball, and they can move you off the ball offensively. And, oh, by the way, uh, Tommy Eichenberg and that defense are just playing out of their mind right now under Jim Knowles. So that's the gambling one. Um, I would say that probably – Yeah, I would say that my uh, just favorite game that I look forward to watching is Ole Miss-Texas A&M twofold because of both coaches. Uh, one is yesterday on the SEC coaches teleconference where Lane was like, yeah, we like DJ Durkin, but we got outbid for him, which is kind of the theme that for that program. That was amazing. I loved it. And then earlier this week, I don't know when the hell Jimbo said this, but we played it on the Chuck Oliver show today is Jimbo's supposed pitch to recruits of, oh, yeah. hey, they might win at Alabama, you know, and Clemson and everywhere else, but you're going to get to play here and lose about three or four games a year at least, which I was like, that's like the Mater D at a steakhouse if somebody walks up and just says, hey, how's the steakhouse? Well, we're not as good as Morton's or Roos Chris, but, you know, hey, we're still pretty good. Oh, man, give me a ribeye right now, medium rare. Like, the hell kind of pitch is that? It's it, it just it, it continues to like show you that like I, I truly believe at this point that Jimbo is in way over his head, and I think that if there is a chance because remember earlier in the year that Lane said he backed off against Georgia Tech because he was like, hey, I ain't trying to get a guy fired. When ergo he ended up getting a guy fired. Oh bullshit! I, oh Collins? Well Collins. No, I'm saying I'm saying Lane. I feel like Lane would really really enjoy that. Oh, no, like with Jimbo, that's why I'm saying I'm looking forward yeah. to this because that two-point line for Ole Miss, I was like, are you kidding me with this? Like, I, A&M is a dumpster fire of dumpster fires right now, and 
I, it's going to get it even worse. I, after this game, you're going to be seeing a lot more uh, news of uh, transfer portal and um, after Smoking the season, weed in the locker co- room. That's it. Coaches, coaches are not brought back. Uh, Ole Miss is going to win this game at least by two scores. All right, so I got to disagree with that because I think Vegas, like, there's a reason why the number is set at two. Like, Vegas knows something. Um, A and M is awful. They are awful. Uh, I will say, I, I, like, that whole pitch to recruits. I want Jimbo. Like, if I was single ever again, I want Jimbo to like drop my first line on like on like Tinder or like respond on Bumble. Like, hey, do you love daddy issues and an attachment disorder? But also don't like high credit scores, then you will love Chris Marler. Um, <laughs> but he'd, he'd, I mean, he'd have to say it a lot faster. And then the yeah. potential, uh, you know, next girlfriend, uh, if, if that were the case, would, would definitely be like, the hell did he just say? And then that's when yeah. I think you have to step in. No, no, I would let him carry the, uh, carry the weight the whole time. I, I feel like, so there's definitely something about this line that scares me. But I will say also the first half line is just like basically a pick 'em. It's it's a half point. That feels like free money. That's I think that's might be my favorite bet of the week. Um, but yeah, I mean, For you Ole know, Miss, like they start fast. Yeah, and yeah. and A and M doesn't. A and M's like notoriously very very slow. So Devin Devin Ochain's um, not going to make it through the entire season. <laughs> like no no, I mean, he's all offense. I got. Yeah, that's all. Yeah, that they're going to start Wigman right. right? I, that you have to at this mm. point. You have to. Yo, I think you should have a package for each quarterback. That's it. I mean, what are you going to gain by starting Max Johnson, which I, I think he's done for the year, so scratch that. I mean, what are you going to play the the boast kid that was supposed to play the bowl game last year? Like, no. You play Connor Weidman, and you find out the kid can play. That's, that's what you do. Connor I thought- Weidman? Weigman is how you say it. Oh, that's so the, much worse than Weigman. God. No, the the E and I in what I can only assume is German or Czech or whatever. Um, yeah, you, you say it like a Y right there. So he, I learned. He, he sounds like the like whoever would be in charge of like the finances for like the worst fraternity on campus. <laughs> God, it's a damn Connor Weigman. Well, what about uh, what about the the Auburn Arkansas game? What's y'all's read on that game? I mean, you got two teams that I feel like kind of are desperate for a win here. I mean, I know Arkansas picked one up last week, but um, you know that was against BYU. You come back in conference, and then obviously with Auburn, I mean they're both one and three in the SEC right now. So I don't know what, what's your read on this game. It's at Auburn. the 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 line is three and a half in in favor of Arkansas. Total sixty two. Chris, what this do you is think? The, it's the first. I mean, I'm going to hammer Arkansas, especially in the second half. Um, this is the first time Auburn has been, fa- or Arkansas has been favored at Auburn since 1998. Really? Yeah, like back with like Ricky Martin, Mambo Number no. Five, like the Blue glory Vegas. Day. Shout out, yeah, Lou. Man, Smash he unfollowed me on Twitter. All right, well, I mean. No, we're talking Keep about like actual talented, talented artists. Yeah, you know what? Limp Let's not the whole fucking show. Limp Biscuit. Oh, we we can um, go that route if you want to go that route. <laughs> no, no, we we have already too many like texts about trapped in our group thread anyway. But um, <laughs> no, I think that like Arkansas with KJ Jefferson, especially like Auburn's Auburn's run defense is really really bad. Um, and I meant to mention that with A and M because it's it's pretty similar for both. A and M. I'm sorry, Arkansas. Um, obviously with Rocket Sanders. 
KJ Jefferson, I'm assuming he's close to being fully healthy. He looked healthy against BYU. Auburn ranked 119th in the country in rush defense. They're giving up almost five yards to carry. So, and what, like, the only thing that Arkansas is overwhelmingly bad at, um, besides, like, a cool chant, is is pass defense. And there's nobody on Auburn's roster that is going to, like, throw the football like for any kind of success um, on Saturday. So, like... Auburn's team total is 28 and a half points. I, I mean, I don't see how this is even close. Yeah, I, I was that that threw me off, too, which makes me think that I should take something like the over. Like if they're both expected to score in the 30s, basically. I mean, but Auburn's not going to do that. When have they like, well, that, if, that if that's the line in Vegas, I mean, it can't be that far off, right? It's it's Auburn, man. There's no way. (laughs) Yeah, no, I get it. You look at Robbie Ashford. He's completing 48% of his passes. He's got four touchdowns and five INTs on the season. So I will say recently, I mean, all year, Arkansas's pass defense hasn't been great. I think their run defense isn't very good either. Um, So Tank Bigsby could have a huge game and keep him in it. Um, What about Auburn first quarter? They're like, I think they're like fifth in fifth in the country and um, points given up in the first quarter. So they're pretty good on defense. And then obviously they start games. Well, it's just the finish that needs to work. Um, Hold on. They're fifth in the country and first quarter points allowed. Yeah. No, they're not. They're 23rd. Well, actually, but wow. That's actually, it's still impressive. I did not expect that either way. Um, but what is Arkansas? Cause I feel like Arkansas, Arkansas, like I did a, like a little in-depth look at this today, of like just the difference in like points per game that teams are scoring or giving up home versus away. Cause I don't know how this is happening, but like for the first time all season, a couple of big 10 teams are going to have to actually leave home and, and play on the road, like Ohio state. Um, Arkansas is pretty consistent, you know, at home and on the road. This is like the one team that, that Pittman's had trouble with though. Like, as good as he's been against the spread, like all the four trophies he won last year, he's never beaten Auburn because of the the shitty Bo Nix call from 2020. And then um, they got beat by like 15 a year ago. Yeah, Arkansas well, has lost six straight in this series. Jesus. And then isn't there uh, the other storyline too, or supposedly, I guess, Harson is not letting guys redshirt unless they're hurt? And basically just telling them, all right, well, then just leave if you don't want to play the rest of this season. And if I'm not mistaken, I don't know if it was, you know, somebody had, uh, you know, uh, created this and it was a fake. But apparently, I guess, uh, John Samuel Shanker had liked it. So it's like, all right, well, if that's true, then I guess that's your validity. Uh, Because, yeah, you did see the – uh, I'll always love Auburn graphics on there, but I decided to enter the transfer portal uh, yesterday. So I don't know. I mean, look, credit to Harson. The players have seemingly had his back. So, I mean, that's got to tell you something. Uh, so maybe there will be a little bit of a win-one for the Gipper. But, um, you know, we believed, in, we believed in Arkansas for a reason coming into this season. And their offensive line is better. Uh, their offense is just better. And they probably have enough defense to be able to stop Auburn a couple of times. So, yeah, I, I really like Arkansas in this one. Were y'all – like, did y'all think it was a big deal that Harson said you can't, like, either redshirt because you're injured or play? I didn't think that was that big of a deal. 
But people are out so there. he basically he basically just said you're not allowed to redshirt unless you're. Well, there's 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 reports out there saying that. So I mean, I don't you know. Obviously... I mean, when is the last time a coach has said that? That guy from Remember the Titans. <laughs> oh yeah, Coach Coach Yoster. You either you either hurt or you're fucking playing every down of this game. Like I mean, the main issue. <laughs> I mean, is I, I doesn't play the right guys anyway. Wait, 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 wait a minute, wait a minute. When, when did Yost say that? I mean, it was uh, Ryan Gosling quitting, and he was just like, "All right, he's gone." How? I mean, what a glow up for Ryan Gosling. I still think he would probably suck in press coverage, but like he's much more attractive now than he was as like a Virginia high school defensive back. He was a total boob in that movie. Like he, yeah, he was like the clown, and then you know he basically. You know, quit on his team, and you know, luckily Petey was there to help save the day. To quit harder. Also, I will say just real quick, I was watching this yesterday, and my least favorite line, maybe in any movie ever, is when Gary Bertier said, "That's a mama joke." I don't remember that. What? Yeah, uh, well, Tyler, you know what I'm talking about. That. No, I really don't. Actually, are you guys? <laughs> God, Jesus. I... Thank God I didn't make that video. I thought that everyone knew that line. Anyway, well, glad I brought it up. I'm not All a big right. movie guy. I'll say here. Oh, I, I am. Don't get me wrong. And, and like, I remember, like, you know, uh, one-off talking shit about like each other's that. moms. Oh, okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. All right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there is that one. Yeah. Well, that's all right, the show. So we, all got, we, all got, we all got Arkansas covering. I got 3830. <laughs> what, a, what, a, what, a, what a segue. Right. Um. You briefly touched on this game, but it's another noon game, Dan. And this is uh, number two, Ohio State at number 13, Penn State. I want to get into that more because I feel like you very easily brush aside Penn State in this one. Yeah. I want to get Chris's hey. take. Really? Uh, you want, yeah. You want my opinion? No. I, I didn't think so. Um, one, Penn State uh, averages like 35 points a game. But I do agree with you. I don't think they're good enough to beat Ohio State. This is like the highest – point spread in this game since like 1978 and i think we all remember 1978 um yeah. ohio state is really good joel clatt made a point this week that i was so upset that i i agreed with uh and he was talking about how like i think there's only been three teams and since like 2015 that have put up over 40 points on iowa and that defense and last week they had like three or four drives that stalled in the red zone had to settle for field goals and still put up 54 points like just with ease. And I think it's like the first time that anyone's ever put up over 50 on Kirk Ferentz. Um, so I, I thought that like, I think that I'm not going to touch this game because going on the road, I, I don't know what that looks like. Cause they haven't done it yet. They've played every single game at home. Um, it's no, not, they, a played, they, they, played Mich- they played Michigan state at Michigan state, but to your point, yeah, they've mostly been at home. Yeah. Um, and I know that playing in front of, like 48,000 people uh, at Michigan state is like, I mean, I just like, I think they're, I think they're probably the best team in the country. Like, I think you could make a case for Ohio state being the best team in the country. I also think that like we've seen in the past where maybe not with Ryan day and this kind of offense where they have struggled in situations like this at Penn state or like on the road or like when, like when the moment is supposed to not be too big for them, like Oregon a year ago. Um, and it just all of a sudden becomes, you know, I, I mean, like they're, they're, last road game before Michigan State was Michigan a year ago, and they got just handled in that game. That's probably going to be the kind of offense that Penn State's going to try to run. Um, 
Here's what I don't like for Penn State in this game. They're 0 and 5 straight up and 1 and 4 against the spread in their last five as an underdog. Why didn't you fucking tell me that before I said all that shit? <laughs> I just wanted to make you suffer. Okay. Uh, interesting. You know, I'm surprised this is a day game. I don't know why. I guess because Fox, Fox tries to put. Yeah, they probably try to put. Yeah. But this is the first day game in the series at Penn State since 2009, and the first oh. noon start uh, against Ohio State at home since 2001. Well, like, I, oh god. I was just saying. I mean, this game is always a night game. It's just it's going to be weird to see it be played at noon. I feel like. Well, and I, mean, and I feel like that helps Ohio State a ton. Yeah, I mean, I, there's twofold in this one. Number one, uh, I hope it's double sadness for Pennsylvania fans on Saturday because that means that my Astros beat the Phillies in uh, game two of the World Series. That's number one. Uh, number two, I mean, it's just crazy. Like, you look at this Ohio State offense. So, like, I was at the Notre Dame game early on this season. Smith and Jigba got hurt. But, you know, you're like, all right, who's a Mecca Buka? Who is – Right. You know, we heard about Marvin Harrison Jr. And then Jesus. Mayan Williams, you know, we, we got Mayan Williams and Travion Henderson just running downhill and just completely just wrecking havoc on that Notre Dame defense as the game went on. And then you factor in as well, people don't talk enough about Cade Stover. They're tied in. They don't talk enough about Julian Fleming. So it's just kind of like one of those things, like it kind of, you know, Marler and, and you know, people might get upset with me about this, but it kind of is shades of 2019 LSU, 2020 Alabama, where it's just like, who the fuck is this guy? Like, like, it, yeah, like now, now somebody else is making like huge plays downfield. Like, like it seriously is that kind of like look right now with this offense. And then their defense was a major uh, liability for them last year. I mean, you mentioned huge. that Oregon game. Yeah, absolutely. It cost them. It, it cost them a chance to be in the college football playoff because it was not only that. Then they got run over by Michigan, which, let's be honest here, if Ohio State had just had one loss, they beat Michigan again, and they go to the Orange Bowl and take on Georgia, it's not a good day for them. But I will say this. This isn't the same Ohio State that, like, everybody's going to be like, oh, well, if they play right. Alabama or Tennessee or Georgia or any of those teams, this is Ohio State that they're probably, if they, it chalk holds right now and you get into the college football playoff, they will absolutely murder Clemson. They like yeah. what we saw oh, last year God. with Georgia, like what we saw last year with Georgia and uh, in Michigan in the Orange Bowl. Clemson will be Michigan and Ohio State will be Georgia in that scenario. Yeah, yeah, I can see that. I mean, I think like this is it, Ohio State. They are they are really. I, I think Ohio State Tennessee is a game that like I I would almost rather see that than any other game this season, mainly because I wouldn't want to see Georgia playing for the national championship. I'll say it. Um, but no, I mean, the defense was a liability a year ago. And you talk about the Michigan game. I don't think they line up and beat Michigan again. I think that like that they had a problem with like being tough. I mean, they, there's not a fucking starter that would have played for, for coach Yost. I'll say that not a <laughs> single one of them. Um, man. We put, oh my God, all night. I, I, I will say that like 15 and a half points is so much. Even the first, half, yard. Like, the first half line is like nine. You know, so like from a gambling standpoint, I'm not going to touch this, but there's still some other really good games. What are the people in the comments saying? You got me fired up. Uh, Trevor Garz is here to be laughed at. Gigum. I mean, we won't do that to you, buddy. No. Oh, I will. 
Um, I, right, think, I think A&M could possibly, could possibly win this week and just fuck up everything. You want to talk about this the is like the, This is like the Jimbo game. No, we already talked about it, but I'm saying like this is like the perfect Jimbo thing where it's like, you know what? I'm going to go out here. I'm going to beat the number 15 team in the country at home. First home game since like fucking Nam. Um, and then they're going to go out and, and like upset a ranked team that by all means should beat them. And now Jimbo can finish the season, what, like two and two, go to the fucking Birmingham Bowl right off in the sunset. So while we're on the topic, like, what do you guys honestly think is going to happen there? I mean, they're like, going to fire him. No. No? What if they lose the rest of the games outside of UMass? No. I mean, $86 million. Yeah. From from what I've been told, I asked a buddy of mine yesterday who I feel like would be in the know, and I said, is there any possibility that – the way I couched it is I said that somebody influential enough could go to Jimbo and be like kind of Buddy Garrity style, like you better do this or things are going to get really bad for you. Kind of like yeah. the speech he gave to, to Tammy Taylor about the school board, like, yeah, hey – this ain't going towards the library. It's going towards a scoreboard for the Dillon Panthers. Um, so I asked them, I, I, I go, is there somebody that can legit go into Jimbo's office and be like, stop calling plays? Like, you are no longer in charge of the offense. You are not I don't think there coach. is. And I don't think there is either. And I think that that's the problem is, like, you gave this guy complete autonomy, which all Saban guys, and now that's kind of like the, the playbook for head coaches, is have complete control. And he does. But I also, too, I mean, if there is, if nothing else, you know, like a collection of people, because that's what he then followed up with. He goes, people could just stop giving. And if that's the case, then maybe that forces Ross Bjork's hand where then he has to go back hat in hand and say, hey, I know you've stopped giving, but we're going to go ahead and write this wrong. Um, I mean, I think he, he's smart enough to know I got to get rid of some coaches. So I think he'll do oh, that. Oh, that's his go-to move. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, just so, deflect so and say it's somebody else's fault. Well, I mean, and that's the thing is every coach has an ego, right? So I'm sure to him, he's like, well, no, my offense can fix this thing. It's like, bro, your offense could fix this thing if you had Jambo, uh, yeah, Jambo, uh, Jameis Winston in 2013. Like, that's how he could do it. Um, and I get it too. Like, everybody's like, oh, they're only as good as when they have great players. Well, no shit. Everybody's good when they have good. You know who wasn't yeah, good? Yeah, based my whole life players? on that. No, I, I thought about it today. Like, like Les Miles, it was almost in spite of Les Miles in, 20, in 2007 that they won the national title because I think LSU's players were like, Jesus Christ, we're really fucking good. This guy is the one messing it up for us. Like, you lost yeah. at Kentucky and you lost at Arkansas because of that guy. So I think that more than anything, those are the coaches that I can't stand more than the ones that people say, well, they only win with good players. Well, no shit they win with good players. It's kind of the whole thing. I, also, Jimbo, like, uh, this is going to sound crazy, but I kind of mean it. A&M could, like, benefit from a little bit of, like, Auburn's, like, boosters. Like, just some just over-the-top, like, super arrogant and overly confident, just misguided confidence. Jimmy Rain walking into his office be like, Coach, listen, hey, um, Beat up, beat up, up on the desk. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> like just, and then toss out like, I don't know, maybe 11 of his 38 play sheets um, and then go from there. Because like, that's, 
also, you know, there's no way we're going to not mention this, but his son is following me on Twitter now. Oh, the the place kicker son? Yeah, Jimbo's son. Okay, okay. Yeah, Jimbo's yeah. son, gonna... uh, oh shit, what's his name? It's not Trey. I think it's Quantavius. <laughs> Ethan is his name. Yeah, it's close. Yeah, it's close. Yeah, yeah. Um, Wait, he follows you on anyway. Twitter now? Yeah, I think it's because I made fun of him that one time. Did he respond? Did he respond to you, or did he respond to Cruz? On he Twitter? responded to Cruz, but okay, yeah. that's that's what it was. Oh yeah, yeah. God, what happened? No, like he just was like, you know, when he flipped out at the end of the Bama game, and, and yeah. he was like, yeah. Um, I made fun of his chain, and and very very quickly was uh, informed that he only wore that chain because he had a terminal illness, which didn't seem to add up, but <laughs> I don't. Anyway, yeah. Um, all right, what other games we got here? Because I, I have like, I have like two sections of like, I have like the games we need to talk about, and then I have like the games I want to talk about in terms of like betting. Well, all I right. mean, we gotta we gotta get through all of those before we get to the Christian Hackenberg interview, right? Yeah, so we do have. Uh, it's actually not Christian Hackenberg. It was that red-haired uh, uh, ginger that they had, and we we did about an oh, hour. Oh, Matt McGloin. Worth... No kidding. Yeah, get. We read uh, War and Peace together. And um, cool. and that'll be up next on the uh, SDS pod. Um, let's see how many things I can get fired from this week. All right, real quick, I have these rank these games or, or give me like just a, a quick tidbit on these these five right here. Since he's on the road at UCF, they're an underdog even though they're ranked. Uh, UNC versus Pitt. UNC's ranked. They're also only a three point favorite against Pitt. Yeah, I didn't get that. Um, yeah. So Pitt's apparently UNC good. is like. 0-6 in their last six games coming off a bye. Um, they've been like horrible for time to repair. Cause because Mac Brown's old, man. You give him more time, he's just gonna fall asleep. Uh, don't don't you dare do not dare talk about Mac like that, please. You don't think that Mac Brown spent a lot of time in some fucking lazy boy recliner during the bye week? Uh, uh, you know, I mean Mac's still an active guy, but uh, uh probably, you know. Yeah, well, I mean, there is there is that, and uh, no, Max, Max, my guy. Yeah. Um, <laughs> better, all right, so then better dance, better dance moves that or uh, Mike Gundy's little go to little like hands behind the back that he does. <laughs> I don't think I've look, seen look it up. Dance. Look, yeah, look, Oklahoma State's uh, Instagram account has has him, and like supposedly because what was it Hunter Mahan uh, who played golf at Oklahoma State? Like the whole fucking PGA Tour played at Oklahoma State. Um, he commented and said, "Coach's go-to move." So it's apparently Mike Dundee's like go-to locker room dance move. All right, <laughs> next game. <laughs> um, well, uh, TCU's at West Virginia. It's like their seventh straight game on the road, and also playing against a ranked team. Um, they're only seven-point favorites. Let's see here. Wake at Louisville. Wake's only a. That is the weirdest line of the week. I love it. I, I'm all over Wake on that one. And then Syracuse I, everyone is. Dame. That's the problem. Well, I mean, I just <sighs> I know it makes all the sense. Like Wake is legitimately good. Yeah, and they're in the top ten. Like, not really. <laughs> well, they've covered the last three apparently under Satter or yeah Satterfield. Um, Syracuse yeah. and Notre Dame. It's like a three, isn't it? It's two and a half, and and like I kind of think that that's a very Good value for Syracuse? I would yeah. think, yeah. I mean, playing there in the Carrier Dome and uh, Notre Dame, I mean, 
lost to Stanford a couple of weeks ago. Uh, Gosh, Chad. Uh, like, I mean, now it's like one of those now where you look at it and you're like, the Marshall loss doesn't seem as bad because Stanford has been like historically bad for the last two years. Right. And the, to drop that one. So, yeah. How you feeling now, Irish fans, after coming after me for the longest time of bragging about taking your coach? I'm sure you would love to have him back. The other thing is, too, Coastal Carolina is on the road against Marshall, speaking of Marshall, and they're only a three-point favorite. So these are, I mean, like, we don't have to get into those games because I don't know a fucking single thing about Coastal Carolina except for that they have teal uniforms um, and they play the, the beach. teal, too, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Oh. Um, but, yeah, so I think that, that I think all of those are, like, sneaky good games. Um Back to like the games we actually should talk about, like South Carolina Mizzou. Why, why are we doing this to ourselves uh, at every single angle? Yeah, I mean, um, this game is gonna be tough to watch, I think it's gonna be awful. And I tell you what, <laughs> like South Carolina only being a four point favorite, it kind of makes me think that that like Mizzou might have a chance to, to pull off an upset just because. They've won, I think, the last like three outright against South Carolina. Um, this is going to be a, just such a slow and painful, like watching paint dry um, type of game. But also, we talked about earlier how there's there's uh, several trophy games this week. I thought about this: if this had a, if this game had a trophy attached to it, I would dub it. It would be a, a, a crab wearing a sweater vest. That would be the trophy. <laughs> Because the last time these two teams were relevant and like like the time they want to get back to is 2013. And that was when Gus Malzahn and his stupid fucking sweater vest and Jameis Winston stealing stuff from, from Publix, which we've all done. Um, I think that would be the perfect trophy. That's pretty funny to look back on in the NIL era and I'll be like, dude, he got free crab legs. It's like $38. So against the rules. The guy, I the guy, the guy, packs of gushers at the at the gas station yesterday. <laughs> the guy, the guy told him he's got them. Yeah. Which, by the way, which by the way, the best part of that too is, uh, what was it? Hey, rookie or whatever, like the NFL draft stuff that ESPN did when Jameis mm-hmm. was coming out. And this is when, um, what was it? Jed Fish was working with Harbaugh at Michigan, and I think it was uh, God, the quarterback coach that everybody had. Uh, George, oh, geez. Somebody in the comments. Oh, yeah, the guy with the brooms. Yeah, yeah, with the brooms with Johnny Manziel. So, I think he was his quarterback coach, and he took him there, like, to put him through, because, you know, Harbaugh obviously was in the NFL, to put him through, like, what the interview process was like with draft prospects. And, you know, Harbaugh had asked him, you know, did you ever do anything wrong? And he didn't say it. And Jed Fish was like, hey, you know, there was that thing at the grocery store there. Like, you might not want to leave that out. Like, you got to (laughs) be – and then Harbaugh takes off his glasses like the old man he is and goes, stone crabs, crab legs, crab, what, what, what are we talking about here? Crab legs? Uh, no, from that same interview, the best was yeah. uh, Harbaugh going, you, yeah, you got, a, you got a sex addiction? What are you, what are you, sex? It's like such like the, you know, because like if you ever had the talk as a kid, like that's kind of what it was. Like we were just like, oh, dad, like not now, man. Like and this is awkward. And Harbaugh like definitely had those vibes of like, yeah. what are you, you know, like I, I can I can tell he's probably done that to his own kids. 
got. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Your dad talked to you about having a sex addiction addiction when you were kids? Well, not like it, it was the birds and bees talk of, you know, hey, you're going oh. through changes and like every every kid had, you know. Yeah, my dad admitted to me he had a sex addiction when That's I was sick, four. dude. What a like a, what a humble brag. <laughs> All right. Well, oh, you made an honor roll? I have a sex addiction. So there's <laughs> yeah. that. Yeah, I, um, I'm, I'm, I'm addicted to pounding. You... <laughs> wow. Um, all right. But, no, this Missouri-South Carolina game. <laughs> Missouri, Missouri scored or had 76 yards in the second half against Vandy last week. This is going to be a nightmare of a game. Under 45 and a half is the under, over, under. Take the under. Mizzou's got a pretty good defense, man. I, like, I know. We were like – and I was I was guilty of it too, but we we're so quick to like just shit on Georgia at at that you know how much they struggled at Mizzou, but I think a lot of it had to do with the fact that like Mizzou's defense is actually pretty legit. Yeah, no, they are. Also, um, this Swampy McGee guy is just throwing out fact after fact after fact in the comments. I love this. It's the first I've seen Swampy McGee in the chat. Yeah, welcome in. Um, uh, all right, what's, okay. What, what do we have next? What about Oklahoma State, Kansas State? You have a read on that? So Oklahoma State's averaging 18 points less per game on the road versus at home, which is not Good great. Factor. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Like, it, it just, I, I wouldn't probably, I probably wouldn't touch this game just because, like, I don't, I don't trust either team. Um, like, Oklahoma, I, I mean, I don't, I don't, are they good or are they not good? Like, is Dylan Gabriel still there? This is Oklahoma State. Just I'm glad I brought all that up then. You know what? I'll... Yeah. Okay. <laughs> all right. Uh, here's the thing on this. Um, Oklahoma State coming off the big win over Texas last week. Mm-hmm. A lot of people had Texas in that game. Then in the Kansas State TCU game, Kansas State was up big, if you recall. Then Adrian Martinez mm-hmm. got knocked out of the game. And even like the backup got knocked out for a brief bit there. Kansas State, you know, or TCU ends up coming back and winning that game. I love Kansas State being at home. They were uh, row or home underdogs, and in that case, they were they'd covered nine of the last eleven, winning five of those straight up as a home dog. But now they're a favorite. They got bet all the way into a favorite, so now I don't know what to do. But I think I still am going to take Kansas State. I think they can okay. run the ball really well. Deuce Vaughn. Um, I know he was uh, nursing a leg injury. Um, after last week's game, but I think he's going to be back for this game. And um, I like Kansas State at home. You thought I... they were playing Oklahoma, so we'll no, see. No, I was thinking Oklahoma out. and Iowa State because I was looking at that line a whole bunch. Um, yeah, I would say Iowa minus State's one. Favored by a, yeah, like that's, I mean, that's kind of crazy. Is, uh, I mean, I don't know. Yeah. Also, Baylor is an underdog at Texas Tech. We should probably talk more about SEC games. Yeah. <laughs> um, what about – all right, let's do Georgia-Florida. Oh, okay. I want to hear from everyone in the comments their boldest prediction. Um, let's do bold and rash. It's different than bold and rash. <laughs> um, I want you to make a bold prediction and also tell me about the worst rash you've ever had. Um, this game is like and, – and, and when the last time you were horny for disrespect was. God. Oh, that's every day. George, baby. Georgia's kind of toned down their horniness a little bit. I'm telling um, you because we don't ever talk about Georgia. We don't talk yeah, about they're the best Georgia. Team in the country. Georgia. 
We don't talk about Georgia. About Georgia. <laughs> Should we invite Swampy McGee on the show? He's killing hey, it. No, Swampy McGee is right, though. Florida, I thought they were getting number one corner, Kermani McLean, tonight, and he ended up surprising everyone going to Miami, mm, who was believed cool. to be running third in that recruitment. So the football game this weekend, um, Georgia's a 22-point favorite. It's the highest point spread in this rivalry since, like, 78. Uh, I don't think Georgia's ever – they've probably beaten him by – Surely Georgia's beaten them by more than 22 points. They beat them like 42 to 7 a couple years back. Yeah, um, they beat them uh, 17. Uh, that was the yeah. uh, late Malik Zaire touchdown. But I think before that, I want to say. I mean, uh, I last Brian year they Edwards. won 34 to 7, didn't they? Oh, yeah. I can't remember the score last year. But I, I want to say like the, the largest margin they had had like went like all the way back to uh, 1989. Uh, was uh, what uh, Brian Edwards of Vegas Insider told me. So that could be wrong. Okay. I, I could be wrong. Also a fantastic Taylor Swift album. Um, yeah, so like I think for me, I don't know how Florida moves the ball. They've like just consistently looked almost inept, I feel like, um, on offense. And, and like Anthony Richardson's going to have to have like a day. He can't do any of the shit that he did a year ago, basically. And he was um, bad against Georgia last year. Remember that? Yeah, he. I mean, he lost the he, game in a matter of like a minute and a half. Right. <laughs> yeah. Twenty-one I mean, straight points. It, so, like, it also we were talking about this the other day. I had like you said, when's the last time this game was relevant? And like, I brought up the fact that like three of the past four years, it's been a top ten matchup. Somebody said in the in the comments afterwards, this you asked like, if when's the last time they were both undefeated? Apparently, that's never happened. What? Really? Which, interesting. I mean, it's a it's a guy in my Instagram DM, so there's no way that he's not <laughs> telling the truth. Um, well, it's not gonna happen this but year. Yeah, yeah. I, the twenty two and a half. I feel like like I don't think there's a team that Kirby hates more. Like the, I don't think there's a, a a maybe a team or like a coach where he like his hatred for this team is the same as the fans, as much as Kirby hates Florida, and. Like usually, I would say like I think like last couple of years I've, I've like looked at like the the game of the year lines in the summer, and like circled this one as like like the lock for Georgia to cover. Um, with Tennessee coming in next week, I don't think I think they keep it vanilla and just like you know probably just impose their will and especially on defense because they don't have to show much on offense. And and next week they are going to fucking just unveil. I think. All of all, all of Todd Munkin's like playbook, and it's going to be fucking awesome. I can't wait. I, I yeah, I get nervous for Florida on defensively. I don't know how they'll make a stop until Georgia puts in their backups. They they are by far they're 130th out of 131 teams in third down conversion percentage allowed. They can't get off the field over half the time. People convert. Um, they're giving up, you know, pretty close to 400 yards of total offense every game, and it's not like they've played like a, a gauntlet of a schedule. So I just – and Georgia, it's going to be one of those games where it's kind of like last year. Georgia's up huge to start, and Anthony Richardson just starts throwing up prayers and throwing picks. I mean, I just I've – got, I've got Georgia big. I mean, I guess Florida could always have the backdoor like you're saying, but That's what I, I probably wouldn't. Backdoor cover. 
I think that Georgia's up enough where Florida doesn't backdoor. I'm like, I'm gonna say 45 20, yeah. maybe gets close, but I mean, yeah. like, when's the last time Florida even did backdoor? Like when Tebow was still a virgin? I see what he did there. There he is. Um, so, okay. I, every year this game happens, I have to tell my favorite story from, from this rivalry ever. Because I don't, honestly, this game is not my favorite. Like, I, I don't really, there's just something about like the stadium in Jacksonville, just kind of, I just think it's kind of shitty. It's, it's Jacksonville. Yeah. yeah. I don't know what that means, but I'm going to agree because I've never been to Jacksonville. Jacksonville seems like Virgin Tampa. Uh, I would say that it's a much larger mobile almost. Ooh. Yeah. Okay. Like just a bunch of like straightaway Esplanade roads that you're like, how long am I going to be on this road for? And then you look at your GPS and you're like, shit, I'm going to be on this road for like 20 minutes. Wow. That's going to be awesome. And it's just strip malls and abandoned yeah. buildings. And it looks like, like an abandoned strip mall, to be honest. It pretty much is with golf courses and like nice, like golf course communities. Uh, Jack's Beach is nice, and Chuck brought this up on the show the other day. I think this game's luster has kind of gone away since they mm-hmm. tore down, since they tore down the landing. Like I think like that was like part of it that like people were like, "Well, I can go to Jacksonville and I can go party on the landing and and do all that kind of stuff, and then you know take the little um, you know water taxi right to the stadium." Um, so there's that. I mean, it's like nothing like, like a gondola. Yeah, yeah, you could take a water taxi, like a little like little ferry boat from there, like over to TIAA Stadium or whatever the hell they call it now. Yeah. Um, but I think that the other thing is though in this one is I think Kirby actually does like Billy Napier because I think the difference was the line that I was told about Florida and Dan Mullen is that there were two coaches that Kirby Smart would have no problem leaving the field with one shoe left on, and that is Dan Mullen and Gus Malzahn. That I think mm-hmm. like that like the the let's just say mildly annoyance of Gus Malzahn was after the we whipped the dog crap out of him. The dog Kirby crap, yeah. That, yeah, and then Kirby after that was like, all right, I'm gonna remember that going on here on out, where remember they were up twenty eight to seven in the SEC championship game on fourth and I don't even know what it was where they could have kicked the field goal or punted it or done whatever. And Kirby went for it on fourth down. Like, like basically being like, like, screw you. I'm winning the SEC championship game. And I'm also going to embarrass you. Also, this is the same thing where this is the, my favorite video of him coming up the field saying, fuck these motherfuckers um, about Florida. I I love that. Uh, We have a, we have an audio clip from the, um, what do you call it? I, I think it was last year. Damn it. Um, wait, how do I share this audio so you, everyone can hear it? Dan, you play it. I don't know what I'm doing. All right. So, Tyler, you're going to throw to it. It was uh, the locker room speech that got out last year. Uh, so I want to I, I break these guys. Uh, so, let's let Kirby take it away. I don't. Uh, oh. I, I don't even have the clip. Oh. Well. All right. Well, how do we? How do we? God damn it. Here. I, just, I got it. I, it's in my email. Hold, hold, please. This is this is the beauty of doing this live. Yeah, you know? it's 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 live. It's live radio, live podcast, live all of that. You know, that's, that's we've we got. got two more hours left too. So this is this is really flown by. Oh, we do. No, we don't. <laughs> um, I got. No, I gotta, while you're doing I, that, I'll tell gonna, you I'm... my favorite. 
my favorite Georgia Florida story ever. I say it every year. The year is, I think it's like 2006 was Stafford's freshman year. And Joe Tereshinsky was the starting quarterback for Florida. I mean, for Georgia. And before the game, CBS was asking drunk, like fans tailgating how to spell Tereshinsky. And they have like the first, like three or four people try and they can't do it. And it's like, Oh no, like TR, I, I, I don't know. And they finally go to this, like one, just, red-faced overweight Georgia fan <laughs> and he just goes like just very matter of fact he goes Tarashinsky L-O-S-E-R Tarashinsky I was like fuck it was hilarious <laughs> that's my favorite moment from this rivalry see I I, <laughs> I was about to say red-faced as well because that's always my favorite look of people who've been out there tailgating all day and it's like you have not had a lick of water all day have no. you no all right, can you guys see? We can see it. All right, hold on. Play play the media. This is painful, guys. I'm sorry. Play the fucking thing. What are you doing? Let me just I have it memorized. All right, well, that was uh, pretty underwhelming. Um, Post post production, we'll we'll include it. So uh, download the uh, the podcast. We'll we'll have it there. Yeah. Um, okay. Well, anyway, you know, we tried. It didn't. Was it not working? No, no, no. Hey, hey, coach. No, is it's, coming back. it's very low volume. Okay, fuck it. You have it like on Mac Brown level. <laughs> we'll do it later. We'll, we'll we'll do it later. No, that worked out well, guys. <laughs> Anyway, but, but, um, but, but like, like Marler, like, can I just like one quick thing on that? Like, yeah. I don't like that was great, but I think my all time favorite with Kirby was I think it was 2019 they had clinched the SEC East at Auburn because I know it wasn't 2017 because that was right. a bad day for them there, but it was you know the old uh, hey coach, uh, what, what'd you tell the uh, the guys in the locker room? Uh, a really original question by you, that's a fantastic question. Uh, he's like, you know, uh, you know, I told him congratulations on this. And then I'll tell you what I said. I said, how about the fucking dogs? How about them fucking uh, excuse, dogs? Excuse, excuse my language. And like, he just said it like so deadpan. Like that was like my favorite part of it is like, he goes, I'll tell you what I said. I said, how about the fucking dogs? Uh, <laughs> I mean, like, that, that's on- why, honestly, I love Kirby, man. Like, and I, as much as I like shit on like Georgia fans with, and we excuse, talk shit on social media, but he like, like, I, I miss like that very, very like, just uncouth, just crass. I don't give a fuck. Like, you know, like hold up my sign, lose guy. my job. Like, yeah, he's like, and, and he's also like, like if you told me that Kirby Smart was gonna put on a fucking helmet and 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 go play like like I don't know in the first half, I I would not doubt it for two seconds. Like he's he's still it, an athlete, he's still super intense, and he's doing like we don't give him a, a, a enough credit for how good of a job on the whole that he's doing as a head coach from like every single part of the job in terms of making sure you have like the right staff in place, making sure you have the recruiting in place, the facilities, like the, like the, the planning and the prep. Also Georgia's dominant away from home, especially the SEC East. So um, yeah, man, I, I, that's going to be, we should probably seamless transition to the Tennessee Kentucky game, but that's going to be, God, it's going to be fun next week. Uh, yeah, that's going to be a lot of fun. Um, all right. Last game of the night. What? Number 19, Kentucky at number three, Tennessee. It's a seven o'clock game on ESPN. Tennessee currently minus 12. 
Total of 61. Uh, Dan, what do you think about this game? Well, I mean, if that's going to be met, then the line share is going to come from Tennessee because even with Levis back and with uh, Chris Rodriguez, I mean, I just don't see them putting up enough offense to be able to go head-to-head with Tennessee. Um, and, you know, the funny thing is, is like everybody is like, you know, oh, Tennessee secondary, Tennessee secondary. When you score 50 points a game, your secondary doesn't really mean anything at that point. So uh, I think that, you know, with Levis – he turns the football over a lot. And All if you do time. that against yeah, and if you do that against this Tennessee team and you give this offense extra chances, uh, which by the way, they're getting Jalen McCullough back, which he should have never been away from the field if you read what happened in the first place, because well, we don't need I'm to sorry. Get well, but I mean, but that's the whole thing though, is like some drunk asshole breaks into my place and I'm like, at the very least, dude, leave. Then soon enough, yeah. if like they start like getting an attitude with me then I probably will be like, okay, remember this in the morning. Um, so, I mean, there's that. And then, you know, you also, too, I mean, you get Cedric Tillman back along with, yeah. you know, Jalen Hyatt and what he's been doing. Uh, good luck with that. That's uh, going to be a lot of fun. So, um, if that over is met, it's going to be the lion's share from Tennessee. So, I don't necessarily see a path to victory for Kentucky. I think I think Tennessee – has a pretty easy time, and we're going to get probably when the playoff rankings come out on Monday, number one against number two the following week in uh, Athens. And Tennessee would be number one like they deserve to be. Anyway, um, sure. no, I think that uh, I think everything you said is, is pretty spot on. I think that also we talk about this Tennessee offense all the time, all the time. I love the fact that you brought up the turnovers because it has played Kentucky. And as much as we talk about the Tennessee offense and Hendon Hooker and and you know, and, and Hyatt and, and Cedric Tillman's already been announced as a starter. Tennessee also has the second ranked run defense in the country, or sorry, in the SEC. Um, they, I'm sorry, the, they're first in, in turnover margin. They have the second ranked rush defense. They are top 10 nationally in rush defense. Um, they're a good defense, man. They, they like, I know that you could say, well, they, you know, it's because they give us so many yards in the secondary. I mean, outside of the Bama game and what Anthony Richardson did, who could be a potential first round pick. And I know that's what Levis is supposed to be. But the thing that Kentucky doesn't have that those two teams have is weapons. Mm-hmm. Like they, they don't have they don't have any receivers that are going to scare you. Um, the fact that this is a the 12 and a half points, I'm going to take Kentucky to cover the 12 and a half because Mark Soups is like a, a cover machine, especially away from home and, and as an underdog. The first half, Tennessee minus seven, that is and, and also minus three in the first quarter. That's a lock. Kentucky is the worst first. I mean, that is absolute fucking free money because Kentucky is one of the the slowest starting teams. um, What do you call it in the uh, in the country? They've been awful early on in games. Um, I don't. They haven't out. They haven't led at I think the end of the first quarter in any game this season, which is almost impossible to do. So Tennessee uh, is like Heupel's like master like constructor of that first drive yeah this scripted plays i mean so the fact like i'm not gonna take them to score first just because i you know you saw this game last year with what kentucky i mean kentucky can put up points but i don't think chris rodriguez is going to to run all over this defense i think that will levis will absolutely make mistakes especially away from home and what we're going to see is tennessee doing what they've done all year and that is like maybe it's close for like a you know half of the first half i think they call that a quarter um, and then 
just slowly pulling away. I mean, Kentucky could backdoor cover this, but by halftime, Tennessee will be up by double digits easy. Well, I think the other thing is, too, like with the secondary is let's look at how Tennessee's games have been. They've been out like way ahead. So when you're way ahead of somebody, they're not going to run the ball. They're going to throw it. And the law of averages would tell you you take enough deep shots, you're going to hit some of them. Um, so I think that's probably what goes against them as well. But um, I didn't know that about their run defense, though. That's uh, you, you, just, mm-hmm. you just learned me something right there. I, I appreciate you doing that, Marla. Of course, man. That's, you know, all honestly, that and now that we can talk about my Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, that's all I want to talk to you about today. Well, now, amen, brother. Um, I, yeah, I was honestly surprised too. I think that, um, like, piggybacking off that, and I, somebody just said in the comments, Munkin can script an opening drive as good as Hypel, if not better. I love the enthusiasm, but just from a statistical and factual standpoint, that has not been the case at all this season. Well, and then what was it, too? I, I can't remember who had the metric that probably on Monday when the college football playoff uh, rankings come out, I mean, one through four are probably going to be what? Georgia, Tennessee, in whatever order, Ohio State and Michigan. Those four teams lead in terms of scoring rate, like mm-hmm. the amount of times like each drive that they score. Like Georgia is number one in the country at like over 60%. I think Tennessee is just like right behind them. So it's like, you know, you got two elite offenses taking on each other the following week. But I mean, I guess that just shows you as well that, you know, people, oh, you know, defense wins championships. No putting points on the board as quickly as possible is what gets you to that point. You know what their their first quarter scoring margin is for Tennessee? Hmm. Just the first quarter. Yeah, I got now. 10 points. I mean, like, talk about jumping out early. I mean, they have they have a top five first quarter scoring offense and then a top 10 scoring defense as well. It's just, I think they're a lot better of a team than people have, have probably given them credit for. So, anyway. Um, go ahead, Tyler. Yeah, I was going to say, um, I like the over in this game. I think given that I do expect Kentucky to have to throw the ball, that's kind of the one thing that Tennessee hasn't been good at defending. Um, I don't think Kentucky can keep up offensively enough over the course of the game, but I think they'll they'll have enough big plays with Levis down the field that um, they'll probably right. score in the mid twenties uh, at the very least. And I expect Tennessee to score more, so I'd probably go with the over in this game if anything. But definitely expect Kentucky to win. You know, the look at it's not really a look ahead since this is a ranked game, but that Georgia game is setting up to be such a big game. I wonder how much that affects things as well with the overall cover. Like if Tennessee's up big and they kind of pull some starters or something like that. Right. I can see that. So. Yeah, I don't think that's that far-fetched. I think that could definitely happen. Um, All right, it's Halloween on Monday. Uh, I want to hear from both of you and also our our audience. Um, What is the sluttiest Halloween outfit and costume you ever wore? Um, Not really, no. I was going to say what, yeah. Give me your, your favorite Halloween memory because I feel like Halloween in college was probably the best night of the year. College definitely was a different level. Um, my favorite, well, my favorite story probably can't be told on this here radio waves. Oh, yeah, it can. Uh, I'm going to tell that story to you guys offline, but um, I'll let you guys think of one and then I'll think of something else because this is, I probably shouldn't be saying it. And, public 
firefighter when I was eight. And then a fireman at like the little like Halloween thing we went to in our neighborhood saw me and was like, you want to get on the truck? And I was like, hell yeah, I do. And, uh, it was like right after like Batcraft had come out. So I was like, I want to be a firefighter. <laughs> Why were you watching Batcraft uh, you know, at eight? <laughs> yeah, it's probably, probably like not, uh, not age appropriate for me to be able to watch. Um, I had a, I have an older brother who's eight years older than me, so maybe like I was like able to like kind of, you know, find a way to watch uh, Backdraft, but uh, you know, probably the uh, uh, what was it, uh, uh, Stephen Baldwin and what's her name uh, scene? Probably not good for an eight year old to be seeing that. So, yeah, I watch that once my a week, and, even now. <laughs> my mom, my mom and dad were great parents. Uh, Rebecca De Mornay, I think, was was who it was, or was she Kurt Russell's? Well, it doesn't matter. You have thrown uh, out some names today that I have not uh, prepared uh, myself for, dude. I mean, those, yeah. those were those those were the stars of the '90s, right there. But, uh, no, the stars of the '90s was just Harrison Ford and Jonathan Taylor Thomas. He, you know, he did kind of kill it. Yeah, yeah. JTT um, was kind of the shit back then, huh? Every time the third Fast and Furious came out, and fucking Brad from Home Improvement was like the like the bad guy in the first scene I was like I knew it was gonna suck right there uh, Zachary Ty Bryan I think that's well, how do you because... know all of their names like that <laughs> and why they all have three names was, was they all had three Tokyo names Drift? yeah so yeah drift um okay, yeah so yeah and then uh Mike Mike Winchell uh got sent uh, to go live with his dad that's right yeah Dude, um, little... you and these names. Yeah, this is incredible. Well, he played he, uh, he played he played Mike Winchell in the uh the movie adaptation of uh Friday Night Lights my favorite Halloween ever was so my dad dressed up as a ghost when I was little and then just left. So that was a that was a pretty good that was a pretty good I'm I'm kidding. Um <laughs> I, but I knew I, that's where you're going. My favorite, I think honestly, was um when I was in college, I dressed up as Forrest Gump. We also did two a days, which I've told that story before, but I, I dressed up as Forrest Gump and had like like the old school Nikes had like a Bama hat, ping pong paddle and like a box of chocolates. I just remember being so drunk like at Capital City and just spilling this box of chocolates everywhere. And then I woke up in the dorms with a girl named Desiree um, who said, and I quote, hey, just a heads up. I have shingles. Um, you should be fine. And I was like, what the fuck is this? And then I had to, <laughs> then I had to walk like a mile home. Didn't have shingles, though, so. That's good. I think I'm just going to go ahead and tell the story that I was going to tell. Yeah, I don't know. Why um, so this was, uh, remember the show Workaholics when I, that was really big? Oh, yeah. yeah. So me and two other buddies went as the Workaholics guys. And we went to a couple like pre-parties before going out to, I, I guess, just like the Buckhead bars. And my one buddy who was Adam Devine's character, um, he had like a, a hat made that said Top Gun, which like, you know, he wore that one of the things. And um, he like passed out at the bar like real early. We had to get him in a cab. And I, I was like, let me let me wear the Top Gun hat tonight. And he could like barely respond. He's like, uh. I was like, right, give me the Top Gun hat. End up uh, taking a lovely lady home that night um, who like had approached me because of the Top Gun hat. Right. And uh, like she you know stayed stayed the night went to waffle house the next day like kind of took her back to her house um, I mean, thank, thank god thank god you didn't draw the short straw and be the uh, long-haired guy that would have sucked yeah no blake yeah 
No, I didn't. Yeah. I was Anders. I was Anders, but when he bu- dyed his hair blonde, so it was Blonders. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Um, but then yeah. The, the late switch up. The wig kind of sucked, so I already was kind of pissed. What is this Swampy McGee guy doing, by the way, in the, in the comments? It, it's like an IMDb, like, came to life. He's like I remember a bot. one time I, I went as, like, a basic white girl in, like, 2016. This is when I was in, like, peak shape. My legs were incredible. I fit into these, like, I fit into this this pair of leggings that I had no business being in. And I remember like everything was fine. We were out in the highlands at, at diesel, my favorite bar. And then like at some point everyone left and I didn't know, like I was supposed to be going with this like group of people. And I thought this girl, and then I was like, well, how the, I guess I need to go home. I don't know where the fuck to go. Like, and like it's Halloween. So like all of the cabs, all of the Ubers like are, are just mm-hmm. like it, everything's surging or they're not there. So I was like, you know what? Fuck it. I only live like three and a half miles away. I'll just walk from Highlands to Lindbergh. And I just remember walking home, like dressed as a woman. (laughs) And at like 1.45 in the morning, this Uber guy was like, I was like, where the fuck are you? And he's like, I have driven by the same place that you told me to pick you up at four times. There's no one there. There's a woman. He's like, there's a lady. I was like, I'm the lady. I'm the lady. (laughs) That was it. It was, uh, it wasn't as good as your story. That was great. Uh... Yeah, I was jo- I was Johnny Manziel one year, um, you know had had the the arm sleeve and and all of it and wore the sunglasses and yeah, uh, went out at the Ivy. It was a good time. Love the Ivy. Ivy. Yeah, that'll do it. Love the Ivy. All right, <laughs> all right, guys. Uh, don't forget uh, as you're watching the game or maybe after the game, give us a call. Leave us a voicemail. 424-430-0045. Hoping to get one from producer Dan next week and fly from Baton Rouge after the Tigers have ro- reeled off a victory. Yeah, um, I, that, I was going to say, I mean, there could be that. There, there could be that. Um, I've been known now as uh, my celebratory drinks after Astro wins. So I'm hoping for two this weekend. And, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll see. Well, definitely get your hopes up because it's happened five times since the Eisenhower administration. So, um, no, no, no. Okay. Has it also, I've, I'm still reading the in, comments, um, uh, but this guy Swampy McGee is still putting things in about workaholics. <laughs> I just, workaholics is a great show. Yeah. If you're in uh, Jacksonville this weekend, um, you know, hit my line, page <laughs> me. Are you, who's, are you still talking to? No. Oh, go to Taco. I I, go to Taco Lou. There's no chance of to go to Taco down. Lou. Why? I mean, first off, like I'm a cultured person, Dan, and so I'm not going to go get a taco from Taco Lou. Like, if I'm going to get a, a taco, I'm going to go to like a nice place, like a like a Frontera. <laughs> Is there if there's if there's a Miko if there's a Mikosina down there, you're going to go to Mikosina. Oh, I like that. There's a Super Rica. We can me and you can meet up there and have my girlfriend run right. a fucking tab. Um, <laughs> either way, but if you are in Jacksonville, uh, hit me up and and we'll be down there. I think we have some stickers and all that kind of shit. Uh, and also, guys, would it kill you to leave a fucking five star review? Would it kill you to leave a fucking five star review? We haven't got one in months, and that's probably not the nicest way to go about it. But um, yeah, we'd love one. Yeah, we would. Say it with your chest, Marler. Stop canceling my shows and leave a five-star review. Five-star reviews. Go like and subscribe on YouTube. Thanks for listening. Enjoy your games this weekend. We'll see you on Sunday.